Good evening, Columbia and the surrounding metro area. As much as you want to call Columbia Metro, that is. Um, my name is Kyle Jones. I am joined by my faithful and wonderful friend and colleague, Cole Tusing. And if you're just tuning in, that's wonderful. Thank you for joining us here on the inaugural first ever edition of KNC Sports. That's right. We will be here on the airwaves, Cole and I, every Wednesday from 6 to 7, talking to you about some good old sports. That's, you know, basketball, baseball, football, hockey, whatever's in the news, you're going to hear it here. So uh, thank you for tuning in. We hope that you enjoy our first ever iteration of KNC Sports. Cole, you got anything to say on this historic day that we're experiencing here? Um, I think you put it perfect. I'm just really excited to talk about sports all year. It's, I think it's going to be a great year. I got a great partner with me. You know, he knows sports like you've ever seen. And I think it's going to be a really enjoyable time. And I'm more than, I'm really excited for this year. And I'm sure everyone listening is the same as well. So uh, before we start, you know, start getting into too much stuff, I kind of want to give you all a little bit of a rundown of what we're going to be talking about this evening. Uh, just to, you know, keep you in the know. So uh, first, Cole and I are going to be talking about some of the National Basketball Association, specifically a certain Milwaukee Bucks former coach, and that former was added to his title very recently. We're going to be talking about a struggling team from the state of Ohio, and we're going to be talking about All-Star Weekend and who should have been in the All-Star teams. and. Uh, will not be in the All-Star team. So uh, we'll be talking about that. Then we'll be talking about Major League Baseball. I'm sure if you are following sports in some capacity, you will know that the Hall of Fame class of 2018 was just announced, uh, maybe only about half an hour ago. So we'll be talking about that. We're also gonna be building you up for tonight's huge game as the Missouri Tiger basketball team takes on the Auburn Tigers. And then finally, we're going to close out a little bit with some soccer. And then also, uh, you know, I think the biggest story right now that, uh, you know, it's a touchy subject, but something that needs to be reported on because it's probably the most important story in sports right now would be the case of Larry Nasser and USA Gymnastics. We'll be addressing that just a little bit, and uh, then we'll be done. So, uh, without further ado, we'll be uh, we'll be right back after a few messages with the start of our first ever show. Welcome back to the first ever edition of KNC Sports. I am Kyle Jones. I'm joined by Cole Tusing. And Cole, as I said before, we're going to start off talking about the NBA, specifically Jason Kidd. So Cole, what happened to Jason Kidd? Tell our listeners what happened to poor poor Jason Kidd. Well, if you guys do not know, uh, Jason Kidd, a great NBA player, Hall of Famer, played for the Brooklyn Nets. He was recently fired from the Milwaukee Bucks, and what's surprising is, number one, they the star player on the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo, I'll never be able to pronounce the last name, is injured and some people claim that's the reason why this team's on a losing streak and what ultimately got him fired and now the team's still losing with 
him being gone. So it's wondering if Jason Kidd being fired was the right move for the Milwaukee Bucks, but it happened. And Milwaukee Bucks, they are in a rebuilding mode. And honestly, I thought he did a great job, you know, coaching his team, you know, coaching Giannis to an MVP caliber team, making guys like Malcolm Brogdon, who won record year last year, Thaw Maker. It's a very young team, and it's sad to see him go. I agree with that, and you know, it's it is sad, and it's it's out of the blue as well because you know, as you said, the the Milwaukee Bucks they are in a rebuilding process, but at the same time, they're rebuilding, and they're making progress a whole lot quicker than I think anybody expected. You know, Jason Kidd, you know, he was the he was the coach of the Nets for a little while there. He uh, <clears throat> wasn't very good. Of course, the Nets aren't a very good team, it, seemingly with anybody. It, it seems that the, the Nets are that one team that just, they can't win. I feel bad for the city of Brooklyn. But uh, with with the Bucks, you know, they're, they've got a winning record right now. Giannis has been in the best form, like, of his life, you know. He's, he's going to the All-Star game. It's the middle of the season as well. Like, that's what really... That's what really perplexes me about the whole thing is that this is a midseason firing. I mean, if, if the Bucks were like you know ten and ten and twenty, you know, losing you know eight games a week, then okay, fire Jason Kidd. Obviously, he's the problem. But they're on a small little slump. They're four and six in their last ten games. Giannis has been injured. But other than that, I mean, their home record is 15 and nine overall. They're 24 and 22. They're they're not a bad team. I mean, this is a team that causes issues. They they won they won, you know, Monday night. They beat the Suns, which it's the Suns. But still, this firing to me makes no sense. So you you mentioned Giannis being injured and the soul slump. That they're going through. Do you think there's any other reasons? Do you think there's something we might not be catching here? Um, before we get onto that, I like how you brought up the he was the Ed's Brooklyn Nets head coach from the like 2014 year. Now the thing about the Brooklyn Nets, they struggled, and the main reasons why they struggled is because they had overpaid players. They had the thing with the Milwaukee Bucks and Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets had overplayed players in Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Joe Johnson, Darren Williams, and I say overpaid because Joe Johnson was getting paid more than LeBron James per year, and LeBron James was the best player in the world at that time. Brooklyn, the Milwaukee Bucks, on the other hand, Giannis is, like you said, you know, tip-top shape, you know, best performance of his life, and injured at the same time. So it, it definitely is a surprise. But back to your point as to what other costs may be, you know, him being fired, I'd say besides Giannis, He's all on his own, and I mean, that's not no one's fault. I think the player development has to move faster, but that's the problem, you know, perform with, you know, young people, but it's just the injury curse, and players aren't developed as, as soon as they want to be is, I think, where this team is right now. So Jason Cage, and this is my opinion, is that he was, un, he was unrightly fired. If you're going to fire a guy because Giannis Antetokounmpo is injured, and you can't win games because your best player is injured. That's ridiculous. That's not a it's not a coaching issue. That's that's a GM issue. You know, that's that's the fact that you don't have guys on your roster 
who are of the same caliber as Giannis. And because of that, when Giannis is injured and when Giannis can't play, you lose games. That's, I mean, it, some of that's coaching, but I think most of that is a GM issue. And, you know, you, you can link this back to, let's link this back to football, right? Houston Texans, my team, I'm from Houston. Texans are, Texans are my guys. We had this, you know, we had a great start. Deshaun Watson's going to take over the NFL. We're going to go to the Super Bowl, you know? Deshaun Watson, rookie of the year, right, right off the bat. Then he goes and injures himself. You know, gets himself injured, gets, gets you know, season ended, and the Texans are stuck with Tommy Tom Savage. And Tom Savage is a terrible quarterback. Um, but in the end, it's never a talent issue with the Texans. Texans have plenty of talent. J.J. Watt, Davion Clowney, DeAndre Hopkins, Deshaun Watson. It's always a depth issue. And so when it comes down to it, the players have always backed Bill O'Brien, the coach. Rick Smith, on the other hand, has always kind of been, not antagonized, but he's always kind of been this sort of scapegoat, you know, ah, Texans can't draft well, we can't sign well, you know, this is all Rick's fault. And just recently, and you know, prayers going out to Rick, you know, Rick Smith, Rick Smith's wife was diagnosed with cancer not too long ago. Rick Smith is stepping down from his duties as GM of the Texans, so you know, our, our hearts go out to him and her. That means, but, you know, when you look past just, you know, the emotional toll and, you know, the sad situation that we're in, the Texans are getting a new GM. And in the world of sports, you know, it's sad that Rick Smith has to leave because of this terrible situation. But in the end, Texans are going to now be going in a completely different direction draft-wise, player signing-wise. And, you know, we'll have to see how that works out. But with Jason Kidd here in this situation with the Bucks, to me, it just doesn't make sense to sign a guy, to sorry, to fire a guy, simply because... You don't have depth. I totally agree with that. Now, Jason Kidd has been fired. That is current. But do you? who do you think is going to replace Jason Kidd and maybe be the spark that they do not have right now? Honestly, I, I couldn't tell you. This is so out of the blue. I don't know, you know, the, the coaches that are up right now to be hired. You know, who, who actually wants to come back? I mean, I know, like... Rockets had Kevin Hale for a while. I think Kevin Hale didn't necessarily say he was done, but kind of, you know, I think he, I think he's working for like ESPN or something. Like, so do, do you have a list of people who, like, you think may be in the running? Because I I currently actually don't. This is I mean this is we're 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 only you know we're not even a full day since he's been fired. You know. That's true. Um, well, I have one person in mind that I think may be interested with the job and it is David Fisdale, the ex Memphis Grizzlies head coach. David Fisdale. Okay, so that makes sense. I mean he's he's available. Uh Memphis Grizzlies are one of those teams that fly under the radar every year and they don't necessarily make the playoffs, but they're still pretty solid. So I think that could that could work. Alright, so uh Fisdale could potentially be taking that Bucks spot. Um, we're going to transition now to talking about another NBA team that's having some issues. The 
Cleveland Cavaliers. So, uh, Cole, the Cleveland Cavaliers currently are, uh, they're on a terrible stretch right now. Uh, they are, they have, they have lost 10 of their last 15 games. The chemistry is off. Kevin Love recently got into some, you know, team issues, you know, walked off the court, you know, early, you know, he's, the, the, the current starting lineup of LeBron, Kevin Love, Jarrett Smith, Isaiah Thomas, and Jay Crowder has a minus 22.8 rating. They've been outscored by at least 22.8 points on an average per 100 possessions. That's terrible, especially from a team that has LeBron James. You know, so... So, who, who does this come down to? Who's, whose fault is this? Well, I mean, I kind of have to put the blame at LeBron James a bit, the GM, and I hate to put that, but let me tell you why. Because LeBron James basically built this Cleveland Cavaliers team how it is now. He wanted Dwayne Wade. He got Dwayne Wade. He wanted Kyle Korver. He got Kyle Korver. Wanted Tristan Thompson. Got Tristan Thompson. Wanted Kevin Love. Got Kevin Love. Wanted Isaiah Thomas. Got Isaiah Thomas. Lost Kyrie Irving in the process. So he went after all these great shooters and sadly did not go after any defenders. And that's why the Oklahoma City Thunder, who dropped like 160 against the Cleveland Cavaliers a few nights ago. So the team's not built on defense, not built on, they're built on shooting. And yet the team struggles from offensively as well. It is weird. And you're right, you know, LeBron does have a whole lot of front office influence. And I mean, when you're. When you know what he means to the city of Cleveland and what he's done for that franchise, that makes sense. I always found it a bit backwards that he has so much influence. Mm. I think it's I think it's dumb. I think that you know LeBron is a player who needs to go out and do his job. The GM role is not LeBron's. I've always thought that you know the the idea that LeBron gets to you know LeBron gets to make the decision that you know oh we can't have Kyrie anymore like that's dumb Kyrie's a good player just because you have a little bit of a personal dispute with him or you know whatever it was you shouldn't be you know running to your GM and say oh I'm so so mad because Kyrie is being you know not nice to me please trade him away it makes no sense to me but you know i'm i'm not lebron james so who knows but i personally put this with tyron Lue. because i mean you can you can blame lebron for so much and but i mean in the end he just broke the you know, point record you know he's the youngest to ever hit the uh you know hit what, what was it 30 or it was 30 yeah thirty thousand. Youngest player to ever hit 30,000 points. That's, you know, he's, he's, you know, automatic Hall of Famer. No, no questions asked. At the end of the day, even if, you know, your LeBron is still performing at pretty much LeBron levels. And so when your best player is still playing at his best and you're still losing, the blame goes down to one man and one man alone. That right now is Tyron Lue. And I, he, he said, he said, uh, very recently, he said, uh, and, and I quote, said, when you're trying to play faster than you're capable of playing, you're used to playing fast, and you turn the corners, and your legs are not quite there. And he's talking about IT fell four or five times trying to do that. His speed is going to take a little while to get back. You know, 
Tyron Lewis, you know, citing the injury issue with IT. IT's still trying to get back on the court, you know. And Tyron Tyron Lewis said in an interview uh, with with the with the Cleveland.com, he said, "I'm gonna make a change." He said he's gonna make a defensive change, and that is gonna be crucial. So we'll see when that happens because the, you know it's gonna need to happen quick. Do you think, Cole, that if this defense doesn't get straightened out right quick, that Tyron Lou's head is going to be on the chopping block and we will have to go find a, a new coach for the Cleveland Cavaliers as well as the Milwaukee Bucks? Um, that's a great question. I think not only Tyron Lou uh, gets that knife and gets fired, I think LeBron James leaves Cleveland and goes to San Antonio. You think San Antonio? Okay, so so that's that's another kind of byproduct of what's happening with the Cavs right now. You know, they they they're in a bad spot, and uh, LeBron might move. I think he might go to LA. You think he might go to San Antonio? We're gonna talk a little bit more after a uh, after a couple quick messages uh we'll see you back soon this is knc sports and we'll we'll be talking to you soon after these few messages and welcome back to knc sports the first ever episode i am joined by cole Tusa and cole before the break we were talking about the sorry state of the cleveland cavaliers specifically if tyron lu was to get fired that the, the, the heavy kind of notion is that LeBron James would leave again. So you you said that if it happens, LeBron will wind up in San Antonio with the Spurs. I think he'll go to the Lakers. Um, why do you think he'll go to the Spurs? Well, I think it will go to the Spurs for a few reasons. One, Kawhi Leonard is currently injured right now and who knows when he's ever going to come back second of all lebron james um has a lot of respect for greg popovich they played two straight finals against each other popovich knows how lebron see and know how he plays uh the spurs also have guys like marcus aldridge um a lot of hall of famers will be retired like tony parker and Monte Ginobili. and i just feel like both of our both of us think that he'll be moving the western conference and i think with the Lakers right now, with, you know, Kuzma, Lonzo Ball, if they manage to grab, like, Paul George or another all-star, San Antonio is having less free agency options, so they'll have more cap space to sign a guy like LeBron James in the offseason. So you think it'll be, it's going to be not only for cap space with San Antonio, but you also think that he would go there because of Popovich and because of, you know, the, the cast of characters down in San Antonio. And another reason why is because you look at, you know, the finals contention right now, the Spurs, they could be in finals contention, but not really because Kawhi Leonard, but as whereas the Lakers, they're in rebuilding right mode right now. I think LeBron James has to win to get more reigns to maybe go a step above Michael Jordan in the status of greatest of all time. Alright, so that makes sense. And you know, all those all those arguments are completely valid. I think that he'll want to go to LA because you know it's it's one of those things where so he you know he's been in the Eastern Conference his whole career right he was with the Cavs then he was with the Heat now he's back with the Cavs so I think he'll want to go to the West 
while San Antonio does, it's a good fit for him. I think if he goes to the Lakers, that is a franchise with so much history, you know? So right now, he's a legend with the Cavs. You could argue he's probably also a legend with the Heat. But, you know, if he, if he wants to... If he wants to, you know, truly be a legend with a legendary franchise, right? The Lakers are the best place to do it. And not only could he, you know, you know, he'll he'll be entered into a, you know, into a class that includes Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's also, when he goes to Los Angeles, he'll be a leader, right? He will truly be the star of the show. He won't have to contend with Kevin Love, you know, throwing little Kevin Love bits every once in a while. He'll be, he'll be, you know, he'll be the big man on campus. He will be the mentor to Lonzo and to Kuzma. He will be, like, he'll be the guy, right? And I think the idea of him being able to be the guy, right? I think that suits him more. You know, he's not the type of guy who wants to play, you know, second fiddle to, you know, Tony Parker and Kawhi or Manu. You know, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to, you know, be part of, you know, a, a trio. I think he's done with the trio thing. You know, he, he went to Miami, he did that already. I think he is officially finished with it. I think from now on, what LeBron James wants to do is he wants to be the guy but with the lakers and the trio that's a great point and everything but wouldn't you argue that a trio would be him kuzma and maybe lonzo no i wouldn't because those two are so far below his level of play that it wouldn't be so much of a trio as much as hey, this, this is gonna be a, a, an interesting analogy just prepping all of you listening he would be like you know he'd, he'd be like uh god what's his name um splitter wasn't that his name the the, the rat in ninja turtles so he'd be the splitter and kuzma and lonzo would be like you know name your two favorite ninja turtles and there you go you know so it wouldn't be a trio as much as he would be the you know he'd be the big guy he'd be the teacher and those two would kind of be you know the, the, the kids who are learning from him and who are also still, you know, very talented. You know, that's that's kind of what I'm getting. You know, it wouldn't necessarily be a trio. So, uh, you know, we've, we've, covered, we've covered Jason Kidd so far. Uh, we've covered LeBron. And, you know, I, I could talk about, you know, LeBron going places all day, but we kind of have to move on. So one more, one more topic out of the National Basketball Association. The All-Star Game, which is coming up soon. So, uh, we're going to talk about some snubs. First off, you know, let's, let's name some of the, you know, if you, if you don't know the starters already, there's some huge names on it. Of course, Stephen Curry, LeBron, they're the two captains. But then, you know, supporting their cast is Giannis, Anthony Davis, you got KD, Joel Embiid, James Harden, you know, Kyrie. So, you know, those are your starters. So I think let's start with, uh, where do you think, you know, what, what starters do you think are going to go where, go where, Cole? Because, you know, 
cool thing about this year's All-Star Game is you have two captains who get to draft their own starters. So who do you think's going where? Well, one thing I'll think it'll be interesting and honestly kind of comedic if Steph Curry drafted Giannis to be teammates because if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, last year during the All-Star Game, Giannis posterized Curry twice in the All-Star Game. So for Curry quoted that in order for that to not happen again, he'll have to draft Giannis again, which I thought was funny. <laughs> that would work. Um, I think that would be that'd be an interesting one. You know, you talked about comedics. Wouldn't it be? I don't know. I don't think comedic is the right word, but wouldn't it? Ju wouldn't there just be scenes, just absolute scenes, if LeBron drafted Kyrie? It's it's say. not gonna happen. I, a man can dream, but it's never gonna happen. But that would, to me, I I I just be rolling on the floor Look, laughing. That doesn't seem so far fetched because one, LeBron has quoted interviews that he wants to win this All Star game, so he could draft Kyrie or Kevin Durant. So do you think do you think LeBron's gonna go for the dagger? You know, he said he wants to win it. Do you think he's gonna he's gonna try to get the best possible team? Yes, I think he's going to pick Kevin Durant number one. You think he'll go KD number yeah. one? All right. Do you, uh, hmm. You don't think he'll go with James Harden? James Harden's, James Harden's had a better, had a better year than Kevin Durant. Point-wise, assist-wise, James Harden has had a better year. I just feel like if you're going off starters and, you know, with length and everything, I mean, Kevin Durant is six foot eleven as a wingsuit and a seven-foot man, and if you have that... And a demon like LeBron James, that's like unstoppable. All right. So you think you think he'll draft KD? I do. Um, that makes sense. So let's let's kind of let's you know let's transition away from you. Know, who do you think will be drafted? Where? Let's talk about the big snubs. I know you know one one kind of big one that points out at least for me as as a Rockets fan that I'm still really mad about. Chris Paul. So, uh. Why do you think he should have been picked? He's. Him and James have been the dynamic duo the entire. the entire season. I mean, the guy is. Hold on, let me. let me just get. let me get you some numbers here. Give me just one second. I'm gonna find you some numbers on Mr. CP3. Because this man has had one heck of a year. He came in, you know, it's his first. you know, it's his first season away from Los Angeles, right? come in and he has totally turned around like everything i mean the guy is just he's him and james have been linking up like crazy now one stat that i think we all should take away is when cp3 james harden and clint Capella are all on the same court the team's undefeated they beat the golden state warriors twice They've, it's been it's been phenomenal like absolutely phenomenal so so here's here's your stats for you i found i found some some good numbers for you all right chris paul with 28 games played 904 minutes played has 182 field goals made fgm right points per game averaging this season 19.1 rebounds per game 5.9 assists per game 8.9 now let's let's do some contrast, right? Let's do some compare and contrast, right? So so remember these numbers: nine point one, five point nine, eight point nine, right? 
Now let's see. How about we go to Kyle Lowry? Alright. Kyle Lowry is a guard. Chris Paul listed as a guard. Correct? Alright. Kyle Lowry, 17 points per game, 6.7 assists per game, 6 rebounds per game. Alright? So so remember these. 17, 6.7, 6. 19. 5.98. So the only thing that that the only thing Lowry beats Chris Paul in, right, is is you know us is is rebounds actually it's rebounds. And the thing is, what Chris Paul does not get in rebounds, he makes up for with points per game. I don't get it. <laughs> so. If we're talking about snubs, um, let's look at the big man canvas, Cordovai, Shaquille O'Neal, Al Horford's what, averaging 10 points and 8 rebounds a game or something like that? Al Horford is averaging 13 points per game, 5.3 assists, and 7.7 .7 rebounds per game. But yeah, Shaq was calling on NBA on TNT saying that 13 points a game and 7 rebounds a game, that's all you gotta do for an all-star game, like put me in coach. He's right. I mean, let's see. Who's got the who's got the lowest points per game out of any All-Star here? Ah, Draymond Green. Draymond Green has 11.3 points per game, 7.6 assists, 7.9 rebounds. In oh. my opinion, look at that list. The people I think should not be in there is Al Horford, Kyle Lowry, and Kevin Love. Oh. Those are my three. Kevin Love has been out. Kevin Love, aside from points, which he has 18.6, which is a nice number, he's got 9.4 rebounds. I want you to listen to this. Brace yourself because this is kind of crazy. 1.7 assists per game. He does not even assist twice per game. Why is he an all star? What in the world? Like I can, well, okay. So he's a forward. He's a forward, right? Forward center. Let's let's go. Okay, name a good name a good center or forward. And, and, in fact, don't don't even do that. Let me just look at a. Uh, I'm gonna look at another Houston Rocket player just because I can. Clint Capella. Clint Capella is center, right? He's got 14.5 points per game, 10.7 rebounds per game and 1.2 assists per game. Clint Capella has almost the same amount of assists as Kevin Love. Clint Capella has more rebounds per game than Kevin Love. The only thing that Clint Capella is truly beaten at by Kevin Love is points per game. So, why wasn't Clint Capella considered for the All-Star game? No, that's a great point. Now look at the offenses. Houston has CP3 running the offense, James Harden running the offense, Eric Gordon running the offense. Clint Capella is not going to be, you know, running up the court and, you know, doing spin moves and being a playmaker. Kevin Love, on the other hand, it's him and LeBron James. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, that's the only reason that he made it in is because, you know, at the end of the day, the All-Star game is about who is a big playmaker. Who is going to be the guy 
who can you know do stuff right who can who can make you know have the clutch assist or who can make the clutch shot you could argue that kevin love might not be that guy but at the end of the day kevin love contributes so much to the cavaliers organization that it does in the end make sense that he makes it into the all-star game but when you look at the stats he has just about as much statistical reason to be in that game to be in this all-star game as clint capella no chris paul should have been the all-star game i've not been a houston fan but i totally agree with you clint capella i'd say i would have a solid shot but i think one all-star that should have been there is devin booker devin booker should have i agree he has yeah averages what like 20 points a game six rebounds a game seven assists per game i think i can i think you're close i can get you the exact devin booker has 25 points per game 4.5 rebounds per game and a stunning 4.7 assists per game those numbers by the way right those numbers by the way if we're gonna go back He's got more points per game than Kevin Love, more assists per game than Kevin Love. He's only got five less rebounds per game than Kevin Love. Let's look at the thing. Devin Booker's a guard, and Kevin Love's a forward. Exactly. And, of course, Devin Booker's on Phoenix, so no one pays attention. Exactly. Sadly. Phoenix is, no one cares about Phoenix. All right, let's, how about, how about let's compare him to another guard, a guard who I must say has turned his year around, turned his career around with the Pacers. Victor Oladipo. Oh my gosh. Like, okay, but before we even go on, Victor Oladipo with the Thunder, he was there. That's all I can really say about him. He didn't really do anything. But with the Pacers, 24.2 points per game, 3.9 assists per game, 5.2 rebounds per game. He has brought a spark back to Indiana, something that I didn't think anyone could do. Yeah, definitely losing Paul George would take a huge hit, but with John Debo seems to you know, answer the call. He's the clear favorite for our most improved player in Rifley. So I'm just going to say this. I am really satisfied that Damian Lillard is playing this All-Star game. In my opinion, top five point guard in the league. Definitely. And, and Damian Lillard has had a great year. He's had a couple of great years. People don't look at the Trailblazers that often. But if you take a look, it's it's because they're dwarfed on the West Coast by you know teams like Golden State and the Lakers. But if you really take time to sit down and look at Portland, they've got a good team. Rip Rip City is like Rip City's legit. I'm not gonna lie. Like they, there have been many a year in the NBA playoffs where the Rockets have gone up against Portland, and Portland has won. Because Portland is one of the, they're, like, they're like the Memphis Grizzlies. They're one of those under-the-radar teams. But when it really comes down to it, they are good. Like, they are, they are good. It's kind of like the Washington Wizards and the Eastern Conference. How, you know, they'll win games, but they're quiet. But once the playoffs move around, like, you know, semifinals or anything, like, something will just click with John Wall and Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal? Maybe I'll start him. Yeah, he deserves it. You know, and here the, I, I'm sure you know this, but I'm going to just ask because I can. A little bit of trivia, because I like trivia. What was the 
former name of the Washington Wizards. I'm sure you know. Let's see. I know they were the Bullets previously. There you go. That, yeah, that was okay. it. That was, that was what I was thinking. I thought you were turning me with like another name like no, a few no. years ago. Bullets. <laughs> yep. Alright. So, uh, so that was that was the NBA, right? That was the NBA. So let's go ahead and take a, a short break. And we will come back with some Mizzou basketball. And welcome back to... KNC Sports here on KCOU Sports. Um, and, you know, we were just talking about the NBA Hall of the NBA All-Star Game. Let's transition now to another type of basketball, specifically Mizzou basketball. Tonight, the Tigers have a pretty big, you know, that's an understatement, matchup against the Auburn Tigers. Auburn, of course, is a highly ranked team. Mizzou, of course, not ranked at all. So, uh, as we begin, I want to ask you, Cole, the Tigers are coming off of a pretty hefty beatdown at the hands of the Texas A&M Aggies. What do the Tigers need to do to respond? Well, that's a great question, and I honestly look at this like, this is not the first. If you look, watch the A and M game, which we did. <laughs> um, seeing the offense not being able to put any points on the board and the ball not being able to go in the net, we've not. We this is not the first time we've seen this. We saw that happen almost losing to a Division two school, Emporia State. We saw that happen against Bragging Rights against Illinois, and the team has responded well. We beat St. John's and we almost beat. West Virginia in the AdvoCare Invitational Championship. Bragger Rights, we play, go on to play South Carolina, and we win, and we almost beat Florida. So the team has responded well, and on a big stage like this, at home against the Auburn Tigers, I think they're going to respond well to that. So you think that the uh, because because of the of Mizzou's you know exquisite ability to respond. And they, so far this season, I do not believe they've had a uh, a single two losses in a row. It's it's always been they've never lost two straight. So you think that because of the Tigers' ability to respond effectively, that uh, they will be going over the number nineteen Auburn Tigers tonight at home at Mizzou Arena? I do, and especially because uh, the Missouri Tigers are nearly unbeaten at home this is right this is very true so uh, and you, you brought up you brought up beating south carolina currently with about three minutes left in the first half south carolina is ahead against number 20 florida 34 32. florida of course one could make a pretty solid argument that mizzou should have beaten and uh so we, we're, we're going to transition to is you know not you know from from how do we respond to AM. now we're, let's talk about what do the Tigers need to do tonight well you know definitely I would say a few things number one the offense has to be moving we can't see another game like that against AM. it it will not work no matter who the opponent is and like we struggled um Play very well defense, 
for Auburn is a very physical team, very aggressive. They love to push the ball, and we've had to face teams like that, like SFA and Iowa State and Florida, and we seem to have responded well. I would say the defense would be another thing, and I would say it comes down to overall coaching. Conzo Martin knows how to coach this team well, and I hope this is another successful night for Conzo Martin. I think it could be. Um, I like the, the kind of idea that Mizzou has gone, you know, when they lose games, it's been win-loss and then another win. They've never gone too straight. So they have that on their side. Mizzou's record at home, one could argue that it should be untarnished. That was a that was a cheap loss to Florida when Geist had a dumb turnover in the last couple of seconds. So you, you know, argue what you may about how that game should have turned out. In the end, though, Mizzou is three and three in conference play. Auburn is five and one. Auburn is one of the best teams. They are they're one. They, the only reason Florida is first in the SEC right now is because Florida has played an extra game. So Auburn Auburn's the best team in the SEC right now. One could one could even argue they're number nineteen. Florida's number twenty. Every, all signs point to Auburn being the best. Mizzou has struggled against SEC opponents. They barely scraped by Tennessee. Arkansas was an L. Florida, another L. Texas A&M, who currently is second to last in the SEC. They, they are tied on record with Vanderbilt in, in conference play. Took an L. Well, let's remember a few things. Number one, you bring up the A&M game. That was in Texas, and right. that was, that you was don't beat A&M in Texas. Reed, like. Reed Arena, and this is so so a little back a little backstory. Both of my parents were uh, were graduates of the university known as Texas A&M, and uh, I've been to Kyle Field where A&M plays football. Haven't ever been to an AM basketball game, but I do know this. The twelfth man is a real living, breathing entity, and it will eat you up and swallow you like you were last night's dinner. And if you don't know how to deal with an atmosphere as crazy and as electric as Texas AM in a conference game in the SEC you will lose. It is like, it's just going to happen. It's, it's a guarantee. No, that's a &M. Arkansas, we had the lead for the last minute, but then we gave up a wide open lob with 40 cents to go, so that was an L. Florida, God, I'm still torn on that. Ah, I can make that argument. Goodness gracious. But goodness. Tennessee, we won that game. It's a great game as well. At Mizzou Arena, and what led to that it was a lot closer than it should have been because of the foul trouble in the second half called against us. Specifically, uh, the most unlucky college basketball player I've ever seen, Jeremiah Tillman. Tillman, I feel so bad for the guy. That, he's going to be the key right there. Okay, so I don't care what is said after this. He is the key. He has always been the key. Ever since Michael Porter went down, he has been the key. If Tillman stays out of foul trouble, Tigers do well. If Tillman goes off on a career night, Tigers do well. It's just like, if you look at the trend, 
when Tillman does well, this Mizzou basketball team has done really, really well. So, if he could stay out of foul trouble, let's, let's all have a collective knock on wood. A little, little collective knock on wood there, pretend that there's wood. I think the Tigers have a chance if if Tillman can do well, but that's a big if. All right, so we've uh, only got about ten minutes left here with y'all, so let's uh, let's talk about let's talk about the uh, the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. So, Cole, this is this is I I, mean, I can't really say breaking. This has happened about half an hour, you know, about an hour ago, but uh, breaking news. The, uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame class of 2018 was announced today. We've got four names, four big names, four guys who, uh, who I remember from when I was watching baseball back when I was a little eight-year-old. I'll read them off to you, Cole. We'll see what you think. Chipper Jones. Should be in. Vladimir Guerrero. Not familiar. Oh, Vlad. So, so when I when I first started playing baseball video games, I used to play as the Los Angeles Angels for the sole reason that they had Vladimir Guerrero. And I don't know why. I've never been able to do it again on the game. It was MLB Live 2005. If you've ever if you've ever played it, it's it's one of my favorite baseball games of all time. First and only time I ever did it. I chucked a pitch, uh, and, you know, I was, well, I didn't chuck a pitch, I, I, you know, I, I swung at a pitch with Vladimir Guerrero, cracked his bat in the infield, so it was basically a bunt, and I made it to first sit. And if, 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 game, if video games translate to real life, honestly, just for that, let Vladimir in. <laughs> but in, in all seriousness, Vladimir Guerrero was an absolute was an absolute legend when he was playing he's been great so we have two more names jim tommy should be in and trevor hoffman in of course so uh, so let me let me run you some numbers down chipper jones got 97.2 of the vote and i believe i i might be i might be wrong i think chipper jones this might be his first year on the ballot I think it might be. I, I I'm I'm not for sure on that. So so don't don't quote me on that. I have no idea. Oh yeah, it is. Okay, yeah, that was Chipper Jones's first time on the on the Hall of Fame ballot, and he made it in. That's actually you know not not too many people do that. So props to Chipper Jones. He deserves that. Vladimir Guerrero got 19 point. Sorry, 92.9% of baseball writers said he belonged there. Jim Tomey 89.8, which I think is low. He's a Phillies legend. And then uh, 79.9 for Trevor Hoffman. So good numbers. But, uh, and that's, you know, great for those four. They deserve it. But it's two people who, uh, who, who almost cracked it. Was, were very close, but didn't make it in. Who I kind of want to talk about today. There are two, you know, two. Had they not done a certain thing that we will be talking about very soon, they would be like you know first ballot hall of famers no questions asked these two people one's a pitcher one was a prolific hitter one got 57.3 percent of votes one got 56.4 their names roger clemens and barry bonds respectively 
Roger Clemens, I mean, he, he went everywhere. He uh, guided the Astros to their first ever World Series appearance. Uh, the, guy, the guy's a legend. But he did steroids. Barry Bonds. Probably... I, I don't, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a I'm making making a statement here. Barry Bonds might be the most famous, and had he not done steroids, the greatest Giants player of all time. Like it doesn't not compare. But both of them did steroids. So and it's, this is this is a debate that's been kind of evolving and coming up recently. Do you think players who did steroids belong in the hall? That's that's a good question, and like that's such a loaded and debated question that you can literally go two sides. Where one side can be like, well, in sports, um, it's like you know measuring you know talent and ability, and you know taking steroids kind of like cheats the system and right. makes it a lot easier. Right. So you you could you can make the cheating argument, but you could also make the argument, and, and it's it was a, it was something that happened at the time where everyone was doing. It. You can make that argument. Either way, those are two great baseball players we are we're very low on time here on the first ever edition of knc sports so uh i think i'm going to kind of talk us out here got to touch on one more thing just before we go just a little piece of news it's sports news it's important i think it's something that everyone needs to uh to be you know to be conscious of and to and you know it's, it's something that we need to talk about so, former United States gymnastics team doctor Lawrence G. Nasser, also known as Larry Nasser, was sentenced today. If you, if you, if you don't know who Dr. Nasser is, he, uh, he was uh, guilty, found guilty of uh, sexually assaulting more, more than 150 women came, came forward to publicly say that, you know, to publicly, you know, say that you know accuse him of it he was found guilty for i believe uh six counts of sexual assault he'll be going to prison for 40 to 175 years at least compound that with the 60 years of prison sentence that he got on a charge of child pornography and this man this evil man is going to prison for the rest of his life and uh, so before before we sign off, I felt it my my own personal responsibility to uh, to you know applaud the the hundred and fifty women who came forward, had the courage, had the guts to come forward and stand in the face of a man who did horrible things to them, and they said, "You will not beat us." So as we sign off today, I wish all of you who are listening to have the same courage whenever you face any problem to know you, whatever problem it is, it cannot beat you. So that is it for the first ever episode of KNC Sports. For my good friend Cole Tusing, I am Kyle Jones signing off on this beautiful Wednesday evening. It is time to go watch some Tiger basketball.